Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. The correct way to construct a sandwich. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, that time has come again, Hal, for me to lay one on you that you don't know what the topic is. Surprise me, Mark. <laughs> Give me that surprise. Uh, I love this game. Well, here, uh, this, I, I was scrolling back through the Facebook group. Hello to everybody. Uh, and thanks for saying nice things and for listening to the show and for all the arguments. I agree with all of you except one person. Oh boy. But back in September, mm. Dave Schuster, had a question for us. Okay. What is the proper, if any, method for constructing a sandwich? We are going to build the perfect sandwich layer by layer. Oh, like what order do things go to have the exactly best to have the best possible sandwich? Okay. And we can elaborate on this. We can even make the best sandwich in the world. We will go component by component. And we will pick the best version of each of those components. Whatever it is. I, I don't want to let, let's get into the construction. I have enough. There's enough to eat. Don't yeah. get another hat out. We have a good hat. There's a good hat. We don't I know. I'm not taking extra. How always accuses me of adding hats to hats. We're going to pick the best ingredient for everyone. And no, I think we, I think we have decisions. to. I think we have to. This is look, this is a bunch of small decisions well, that make this big decision. Look, what's important in maintaining sandwich integrity, right? You don't yes. want the bread to get soggy or fall apart. Right. That's a key factor. You want every bite to have, if not everything in it, then lots of different things in it. Sure. So my method of putting all the meat on one quarter of the bread <laughs> is wrong. Wow. No, but I think that th this, and this is where we, this is where it comes into getting the right version of each of the ingredients. I think this means you use one big tomato rather than cutting up, you know, uh, tiny tomatoes and having to put, you know, two or three ill-fitted tomato dots onto a sandwich. Yes. I would always rather have one slice of tomato, yeah. but I will say you gotta, I ate at a restaurant where I got a breakfast sandwich mm -hmm. that had tomato on it. I thought, great. Yeah. I like a little tomato on my sandwich. Sure. Who doesn't? Well, a lot of people don't, but that's okay. We do. It was, I'm not kidding, at least two inches thick. Oh. The slice yeah. of tomato. It's a little much. Two it. How is that hyperbole? No, it is not. Two is. inches thick is, would be most of a tomato. Yes. It that would be, that would be lopping off the ends of a well, tomato. Yeah. It was a lot. Let's say an inch <laughs> at the least. Okay. It was ridiculous. You would look at it and go, this is easily three to four tomato slices. Yeah. For a sandwich. You don't need any more tomato than that. All right. We'll get to the tomato. I think we got to okay. start with the bread. We're starting with the bottom bread. Remember, we are building this sandwich layer by layer. So let's start with the bottom bread. Oh, I was going to say for both pieces of bread, don't you want, if you have a spread, don't you want it on both pieces of bread? That was going to be my first question. Yes. I think, think you do. Yeah. Cause I think you get, you get a little flavor on both sides. Mm -hmm. And also it protects the bread. It's sort of like a little bit of insulation from other things. Yeah. 
I can see that. But do you think that, I guess, just not too much of it on any one side? No, you can thinly spread it. Are you one of those, do you go to a bagel place and go easy cream cheese? I go easy mayo when I order a sandwich. Yeah. Because yeah. mayo falls out the bottom of a sandwich or it shoots out the side or I just get a big old glob of mayo in my mouth, which is never pleasant for me. No, of course. Also, one of the only times I ever got food poisoning was from mayo. So I'm cautious. A mayo of- and I are friends, but mayo has done me dirty in the past. So when mayo and I see each other at the bar, I'm like, all right, mayo. I know you and you know me, but you stay down there at your end of the bar with your bowl of peanuts and I'll stay down here at my end of the bar. By the way, your hair, which is uh-huh. growing out magnificently with the headphones on, makes it look like you're a bartender at a saloon in 1883. Cause it's going like out to the yeah. sides. What I've done is I've used the crossbar of my headphones. And I'm trying to use it like one of those, the, just the headbands that people with long hair use to pull yeah. their hair back. I remember them specifically from the 80s that every kid in my school, all the girls would have mm-hmm. that like plastic half moon shape with the comb in it and a fake bow on top. Yeah. It was, yeah. That's, I need one of those is what I need. It's doing that, but it also, it does look like I should be ordering a sarsaparilla from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think whatever, uh, by the way, if you want a great mayo hack, if you want to avoid the glob shooting out, mm-hmm. the best possible thing you can do is not put mayo in your sandwich at all. Oh, you're take, not a, that's right. You're not a mayo take person. Take that jar of mayo and throw it. But you can with any spread, whether it's a mayo mm-hmm. or a mustard, you can put a thin layer on each side of the bread and that will give you the cumulative flavor effect that you want yeah. without it being spread too thick, which will itself cause the bread to sog up. Yeah. You want to create that watertight seal. Yes. But you don't want the, you don't want the watertight seal itself to become, you know, permeate. Are you the type of person that will do multiple spreads on one sandwich? And if so, will your multiple spreads, one go on one slice of bread and one go on the other? I know you're not a mayo guy. The example I would use in this is if I'm making a sandwich, I am generally, and I think I will err on the side of, in this particular case, mayo on one slice of bread, mustard on the other. If I were to do that, I would, I think I would mix them. I think I would start with the mayo and then I would put the mustard on. But then are you not just creating one sauce that is a combination of two sauces? Aren't you doing that with every bite anyway? It happens in your mouth or it happens on the bread. It's not. Yeah, but shouldn't there be some sort of, shouldn't, shouldn't the insides of the sandwich become some sort of buffer layer between the two different sauces? No, I don't think that's the purpose. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Your, your I think spreads. you're your spread, but you're, if you put two spreads on the same slice of bread, then those two spreads become one spread and it muddies the spread. If you have a slice of bread that's got mayo on it. Now, bear in mind, I realize you're not a mayo person. Yeah. Uh, you I've just glared at me when I said mayo. You gave me what you're talking about, Willis face. No, when I said, I disagree with your premise, but go ahead. You disagree with my premise that one should have one condiment and one should have the other. Yeah. I think you can have both. What's your, if you were going to put two condiments on, what would they be? I think mayo and mustard are actually a very good combination for a sandwich. Yeah. I would put one on, but then put the other one. Or I would do a little, let's say I'm doing ketchup and, and mustard on a hamburger, let's say. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other sandwiches I would put it on. Certainly not a hot dog. I would, I would probably do a little bit of each and then I would spread it with a knife. So they would combine, but you get flavors of each. They don't, you know, they don't become necessarily a brand new sauce. They do work together and, and mayo and mustard. That is a that is a decent combination to have together. So let's they, let's they do a little let's, well. let's do a little therapy. Let's go back to childhood. Go ahead. 
now that I'm in therapy and loving it, I'm all about using that filter. Um, Let's go back to childhood. I was this kind of kid, and maybe this informs my thoughts on this. I don't know if you were this kind of kid. Mm. Did you make napkin dams on your plate so that different flavors would not mix? Ooh, I don't want the applesauce getting in with the green beans. I did not like that. My favorite plates were the ones that already had the sections in it. Sure, because from they reminded you of Juvie. That's right. My yeah. time in Juvie. <laughs> Noted child felon. How lovely. <laughs> Always. He can't look at a divided picnic plate without thinking about his time in the Hooskow. Just can't do it. And he seems wistful about it. Like yeah, it's weird. Like, like he, he doesn't get a thousand yard stare. He gets a thousand yard stare, but his thousand yard stare is looking at a meadow and birds and is very cheery. I just remember what I thought freedom would be while I was in there. <laughs> and I think if anything, it taught me how to dream. To answer your question, uh-huh. I always like to keep things separate on the plate and then decide because I would eat them one at a time. Mm-hmm. I would not combine and do a composed bite. I would eat the the thing I like the least. And I tend to do this with everything. I Even with M&M, I, there are colors that I like more than other colors. Mm-hmm. And I eat the colors I like the least first to get them out of the way. This I understand with flavors, with color, it's what, so you don't have to look at them? I just, I want to eat my favorite ones last. Oh, see, I'm going to eat the favorite parts first, guy. If I get a big chicken breast, like a fried chicken breast, mm-hmm. you know that that one bite that you look at and you're like, well, that's clearly, that's the that's the moneymaker right there. That's the sure. big, if I bite into this one spot, I'm going to get the biggest possible bite of chicken. It's going to have no bones. It's going to have no fat. It's going to just be the good part of the skin. You know what I mean? I want fried chicken now. I know, right? That yeah, perfect, I want that, fr- I want that perfect bite first. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Well, if it's one thing. <laughs> If it's Jesus, <laughs> well, if it's one, the Santa Ana wins. If if I'm having like a sandwich or a piece of chicken, mm-hmm. yeah, of course I'll take the best bite first. I don't leave it then. But if it's a plate of different foods, I don't do the napkin dams. But similar to you, I like to control what I was eating when, as opposed to going for a bite of one thing and getting a bunch of the other with it. All right. I don't like the garbage plate argument. Yeah. Or the garbage plate it all goes, serving yeah. style, yes. It all goes to the same place. Yeah, like I'm just going to pile it all on and I'll take a bite of whatever. I I, I like a little bit more control. I, now, over time, I've appreciated more, especially going to restaurants in a nice restaurant, taking a bite of everything and compose, like having a composed bite because chefs work hard mm-hmm. to create flavors that they think will go well together. And so to eat them all in, in one bite, like a little bit of everything, creates a really nice experience yeah that's why i have uh the utmost respect for the father's office office burger Mm -hmm. uh, which is a brew pub in la with a very famous burger that you are not allowed to make any substitutions on you can't order it without a certain item you can't replace any other items no this is what they're like no we made this burger we crafted this thing that's what this is yeah to me that is the craftsmanship and the combination of that and the I like my food divided juvie style is the let's put mustard on one slice of bread and mayo on the other. Now we are putting them on both slices, right? You said we want it on. We want it on both. Yes. You're doubling your workload, man. Don't you remember that old sketch? The have you spent your whole life using mustard and mayonnaise? Try mayo stirred on Mr. Show. 
mustard and yeah. mustanaise. And then uh, if you were putting both of them on your sandwich, Mayo it would also kill you. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't agree. I, I love those sketches. I don't agree that it's really that much more time. You just go like boom, 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 spread, spread. All right. You just spread it out. I like the same thing on the top as you have on the bottom because I think it gives a more complete flavor. Although sometimes if I'm going to do it, sometimes I will just do one part of the sandwich. And famously, hang on. I don't put any spread on my sandwich. Yes. Wait a minute. How you can be the expert on this particular element of the sandwich then? But I've had it. I want to go back to something you just said that you don't put Since when has expertise ever stopped us from having (laughs) strong opinions about anything here? Have you listened to this show? That's true. I haven't. Is it good? It's fair to middling. You mentioned before not putting a spread on the whole sandwich. Have you in the past put some sort of a condiment on just half a sandwich? Like, like you were getting a pizza that was half pepperoni, half cheese. Like, have you made a sandwich that you've deliberately sauced half of and not sauced the other half i have done where like i'll put the mustard just on like the last thing on top and then put the then put the bread on so the mustard just going on the sandwich and then going in there but that's like a super lazy like i'm just making this quick this is the opposite is what i'm asking if you have deliberately like spread a condiment onto just half of the bread like some sort of culinary yin yang on the bottom piece no if i'm making a sandwich if i'm taking care to make a sandwich i will put it on Mm -hmm. both sides all right. Do you toast the bread? Mm, this is a tough one. I don't one. think it's necessary. I don't think it's necessary if you've got a really know. good piece of bread. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of toasted subs in general. I feel like it's just sort of like trendy. Yeah. But I have not found it I like them particularly much better. Maybe the problem was I was going to quiz those and going, yeah, may I have uh, turkey with tomato and cucumber and some salt and pepper. And will you toast that? Because I really, <laughs> what I want more than anything in this world is hot cucumber in a sandwich. Yeah. I want all of the cold things heated up. You're the opposite of a McDLT. Yeah. You keep your hot side cold and your cold side hot. Can I have a frozen piece of cheese on top of it? <laughs> to non? You know what? That actually, uh, that's an interesting question because you mentioned a sub. In talking about stacking the perfect sandwich, mm-hmm. I think to make a stackable sandwich, I think we have to use sliced bread. I don't think we're talking about a roll here. I think we're talking about a bottom slice and a top slice. Yeah, like a hoagie or sub roll is significantly more difficult. I love watching. That's more like slice it in the side and stuff it rather than build it from the bottom up. The only sandwich I've ever seen make sense assembled in that way is Mm -hmm. a cheesesteak because of how they do it. Right. Generally, they have to flay that thing open. Well, you, well, yes, the bun is open, but if you were doing cheese whiz, then they put the cheese whiz on either side with, you know, one of those spreader things. The same thing you used to put on cake icing. I can't remember. Spatula. Mm-hmm. Use a spatula to put. You were just going to let me hang on that. You were yeah, I really watching, was. I was watching I you struggle you for the word too. spatula. We could have been here for a half an hour. I know, right? Half an hour for that. I would have and at I, least given you spatch as a clue at a certain point, like 10 minutes, you know, like when you're in an escape room and they're like, okay, wave your hands at the camera. If you need a clue, just wave your hand at the camera and I'll say spatch. <laughs> Look, you can make a stay- take all the time we want. I don't have a recording of Jeopardy. that's going to start playing in a few minutes. My recording of Jeopardy is just paused and I get 90 minutes. So we have to have this show done okay. in 90 minutes. Fair enough. So you either take the cheese whiz and you use the spatula and spread it on each side. And then the mm-hmm. meat and the onions are already there mixed or just the meat, whatever. 
and you you put it on top and then scoop it from underneath and then you have your sandwich. Right. If you're doing it with a provolone or an American or or another kind of cheese, you put the cheese on the meat, which is already assembled and ready for the sandwich. Either way, the cheese winds up on the bottom, Mm -hmm. which is important to that sandwich because the meat is so greasy, it's going to come through it. It's going to soak through the bread eventually anyway, but the, the cheese acts as a barrier there. Yeah. If you have cheese, do you do multiple slices, bottom and top, or do you just do one slice? Here is, uh, then, well, that's, that's what we have to determine next. So have we determined if we have a good dense slice of bread that we don't need to toast? I prefer toasted for every sandwich. Generally speaking, yes. It's going to make it crummier. Mm. Maybe a hoagie less. A hoagie, I will do more not toasted. Sure. Because then it gets way too crumbly and flaky and falls apart a lot and it becomes harder to eat. It gets more sharp corners. Yeah. But I think with sliced bread, I would go toasted for stability's sake. Sure. I'm okay with that. Cause we need, you know, we need that. It's got to be made with that double O flour too, you know, with the extra gluten, that Italian flour that's got su- it's super gluten. <laughs> so it, uh, <laughs> so it doesn't get crumbly. Cause the worst thing for a sandwich is crumbly bread. Yes. Crumbly with a, or too, yeah, too crumbly, too thin. Yeah. So come, then you have the Eddie Murphy raw routine where his mother makes him the hamburger. That's oh, he where he wants to make McDonald's burgers for him. The Wonder Bread and it just soaks through. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we've got toasted sliced bread. We've got mayo and mustard. Whatever I will the spread agree. Is. Whatever spread the spread is, is a bread. both spreads, both pieces of bread Light. lightly. Yes. And then I would say the next stop specifically for the sake of not soaking the bottom piece of bread, I go lettuce next. I do this specifically with a burger was the first time I ever saw it. And I thought it was absolutely genius because you only ever see a burger topped with lettuce and tomato. But my question becomes this, if the burger become, or if it's less so with a sandwich than with a burger, because it's not really as drippy, I guess, you know what I mean? But in the case of a burger, we'll use a burger as an example for this one. Do you want the lettuce on top and crispy at the expense of the bottom bun getting soaked? Or do you put the lettuce on the bottom to save the bottom bun, but you're sacrificing the crispy deliciousness of the lettuce? If I have lettuce in my sandwich, it's just going on top. And here's why. Yes, you don't want a soggy mess of a sandwich. Mm -hmm. But what is the purpose of what we're doing here? Is it to protect the bread? Is that the whole point of the sandwich? No. Isn't there a nice thing, especially with a burger sometimes, where it soaks into the bread a little bit so the bread has kind of a hamburger flavor to it instead of it just being a way to not get your hands greasy? Yeah, I like celebrate. I think we should celebrate the lettuce. If I'm putting lettuce on there, I don't want it yeah. just to be a sacrificial lettuce, I guess. Go, let it go on the top. I, th- I The next thing I put in is my meat or whatever my central sandwich inside is. So you consider toppings are toppings. They go on the top. Yeah, by their very nature. But what about, I do like your idea, though, from before, if we're not putting the lettuce on the bottom, I do like it on a burger. I like the lettuce on the bottom on a burger, but I see what you're saying. And I do like a lettuce on the top. If that's ideally, I would have a lettuce on the bottom and a lettuce on the top. If there's a, if, I would say if there's a lettuce, I put it on the top, whatever right. the sandwich is. But we're talking sandwich more than not specifically burger. You mean generally a sandwich. Uh, do you do slice of cheese on either side? I don't. I do it because I like extra cheese, but is it too much? It depends on the cheese. If you have a provolone, you can do one. Provolone, well, provolone is also a much more mild cheese. A milder cheese, I think you could do more. Oh, no. I think of provolone as a super strong flavor. It's dense. It's hearty. Mm. It's got that smokiness to it. 
I guess I always think of thin slices of it, but I think, Oh, I also- guess I'm, I'm used to like my grandmother slicing it with a, like, I'm not used to a deli slicer slicing my provolone. I'm used to a butcher knife slicing my provolone. Okay. So you're having like chunks of it. Yeah. But like if it's a mozzarella, let's say that's a very mild cheese. Mm-hmm. You could, you could probably put two slices in there of that if you want, but in generally yeah. one slice is okay. Unless you're making like a, like, doesn't a Cubano only have one slice of cheese in it? Or does it have multiple slices of cheese? I don't know. I feel like now sometimes from, I know Cubanos are great. Cubano, you can't tell because it's pressed. And once it's pressed, it all just becomes a flat layer of magic. There you go. Are you going to order food? You just pulled your phone out in the middle of an episode. Are you no, going to order didn't. a sandwich? You're looking at it right now. No, I'm not. This is how this is DoorDash. audio for the audience. DoorDash. The people of the world know that this is. Did you say DoorDash? Yeah, I'm telling them what I'm doing. DoorDash. Gosh. Oh, it's not loading because I'm in a closet. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, you're at work life in a is closet. So hard. I know you can't get a Cubano exactly the moment you want it. What if I, I just want it to arrive. I want to walk out into my living room after this and, and hear the, uh, the like DoorDash. And then I get to do what I've been saying for two years, which is thank you. You can just leave it there. <laughs> Here's another problem with that. I like the double slice of cheese because sometimes if a slice of cheese is too thin and there's a bunch of stuff in the sandwich, it depends on how full the sandwich is. If there's a lot of toppings, I definitely go two slices of cheese. Cause otherwise I'm like, what's the point of putting cheese on the sandwich? If I can barely taste it anyway, cause there's so much stuff on here. True. But the downside of that is if you've got this mayo mustard slick bread and you put that slice of cheese on it, slide. you get the slippy slide is real easy to have happen. The meat goes next. Yeah, I think the meat might go next. I think if you're doing two slices of cheese, you do them together. And also think of like if you took the meat off of the sandwich after mm-hmm. putting it down, then it still has some of the spread on it. Yeah. Still have some of that flavor in it, which is a weird thing, but it also means that's what's immediately pulling that flavor. And I think you want the stuff on top is like completes the flavor. And I think it's mm-hmm. okay. Me, the last thing I would put would be the lettuce. And so then the spread I think works well on the lettuce, but mm-hmm. I also think it works well on the meat or whatever the filling is, especially if you're having. Yeah. I like the spread. I like the lettuce as the last step with the spread getting on the lettuce. Yeah. And it's almost like salad dressing. If you were a vegetarian, if you were having like a fried tofu sandwich or something mm-hmm. like that, you want the, the spread to be as close to it as possible. Because it will take on more flavor that way. Yeah. But we don't need, you don't, you need flavor. Tofu has to soak up some flavor like a sponge. You don't necessarily need pastrami to soak up any extra flavor from anything. It's going to be complementary no, to it. Exactly. You want the complementary flavor. Yeah. I think you want it to be closer to whatever it's complementing. Okay. So let's take a quick break. And then when we get back from the break, let's talk about meat. And how we're supposed to stack our meat on this sandwich. Deal? Do it. All right. We'll be right back. In the meantime, here are some of the other fantastic podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Janet Varney. And just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years. Like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you two can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun. Or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. 
We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's talk about meat, Hal. Okay, let's talk about it. All right, because you mentioned before, like, you know, if meat is the next layer and you'd like to get a little bit, and as I, as do I, a little bit of the condiments on the meat. You don't want the barbecue sauce to not be on the barbecue, right? Right. So I think you want to give yourself as many opportunities as possible for the meat on this sandwich to seem substantial, to give, you know, to give it its elevated place in the sandwich. I would argue that it is the most important element of the sandwich because it's usually, at least in a sandwich shop, the primary variable in your sandwich. You don't go in and say, I'm going to have a lettuce sandwich. You go in and say, I'm going to have a ham sandwich or I'm going to have a turkey sandwich, right? Or uh, whatever you're going to have. So I think that this needs to be featured in a certain way. I would argue that if you're using deli cold cut slices, just flat ain't going to cut it. I like it to look like the packaging for the sliced meat itself. So like if it's thin sliced, I like to drop it on in little, you know, give it some, give it some clumps. Yeah. Give it some uh, nooks and crannies in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or rolls. I've done the like kind of like, ribbony zigzag it ribbon style you don't like zigzag ribbons i don't like it as zigzag ribbons or in a roll let me ask you this yeah because my favorite bread to make a sandwich with is a seedless rye which is Mm -hmm. a specific shape yeah since you're someone who created napkin barriers for his Mm -hmm. food how do you feel about meat overhang in a sandwich yeah are you against it or do you like to pick it up and have it like flopping off the sides i I don't mind a minimal meat overhang. Okay. A little bit of a meat overhang just means that it is a well-stuffed sandwich. All right. But I think if the, if I think it's just shows improper workmanship. If the meat is just drooping out the side of it, if I've got like, like, come on, man, this slice of pastrami is only half on this rye. You know, the reason why I say that is because mm-hmm. I don't like overhang at all. If I can avoid overhang. Any overhang. So you want to see all four sides clean, all four corners of that bread. Yes. I absolutely okay. want. I want the meat on the inside. I don't want to have to do like the where I'm trying to like, I have to eat the little bit of meat first <laughs> and mm-hmm. then eat the sandwich. Yeah. No, so. you you want your, you, I, look, I, like I said, I, I it's never bothered me before. But a little bit of the overhang never bothered me. I've never enjoyed a sandwich that was overhanging with meat so much that I had to do the like corn on the cob nibble my way around the outside until there is until I have shorn it down into a square shape again. Right. I think the other way to make the meat more substantial and which this also makes the sandwich taller is just put more meat. You know what I mean? Like there's something to be said for a Schwartz's deli sandwich. That meat is not curled up or wadded or wrinkled in any way. That is straight up flat. And it's still an inch tall on that sandwich. That's because you're eating 40 slices of it. And it is delicious. Have I never talked to you in the 
seven years we've done this podcast, have I never talked about the sandwiches I used to make when I watched wrestling in high school? You told me you made some real Dagwoods. But I, I walked you through it, right? I don't think you ever walked me through the, I don't remember you walking me through the process. Okay. You may have walked me through the process, but we have talked a lot on this show. So let's do it again. We're just an old married couple. Exactly. We, we dined at eight. We know everybody's story. <laughs> yeah. Have I met? This is what I'll do. A seedless rye. Mm-hmm. First turkey breast. Mm-hmm. Fold. And I like to fold them in half, but then stack them opposite one another. So you sort of cover the entire piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Then ham. Okay. Then rare roast beef or just roast beef. Mm-hmm. Then corned beef. Ooh. Then sliced tomato. Uh-huh. Then another piece of bread. And it is. That's it. Just straight up meat. Several inches thick. Oh, several. I was going to say, how thick is each of the layers of the meats? It's more when they combine, it's very thick. Mm-hmm. Thicker than that piece of tomato I got on that one sandwich at that restaurant. <laughs> that feels like that might be for cold cuts for the perfect, the perfect for Hal sandwich while watching wrestling. Yes. I would not do that for anybody else. That might be a bit much for the perfect sandwich. But while we're talking about the meat, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that the, and this isn't necessarily the question of this episode, but, uh, do you think that the perfect sandwich that we're trying to craft now, the meat on that sandwich is cold cuts or recently cooked and sliced? I like a cold cut. I think that what we've been talking about, the sandwich we've been creating so far has been a cold cut sandwich, pretty much. Yeah. Hot sandwiches feel like specialty sandwiches. To, to make a meatball yeah. sub, for example, you gotta mm-hmm. go make the meatballs. You gotta, you have True. to make them, then put them in the sauce, then put everything together, then toast it. And that's right. a, a completely different, or making a cheesesteak or making a hot pastrami. Like, but there's a, di- but there is cheese. a difference. There is a difference between, um, I think a, like a corned beef sandwich where it's still sliced, but it was recently cooked or a turkey breast sandwich that is like Thanksgiving leftover turkey breast sandwich where it's, it was, it's not, it's not a, uh, a processed thin sliced meat. You know, the, the, the leftover sandwich has already gotten its due. That's true. We have given the leftover sandwich its victory in this. And I will also tell you that the corned beef that I had growing up, was mm-hmm. cold corned beef because it was almost always off of a deli platter. Someone had ordered it was thinly sliced, oh. like paper, almost paper thin corned beef where you would see like the rainbow in it. See, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like, thinking of like Irish gasoline. corned beef. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like that big thick where it's like slabs from, uh, yeah. from the big brisket, like a sliced brisket, a corned beef brisket. The first time that I had that, mm-hmm. I, heard the age of aquarius in my head <laughs> i didn't know how big a deal i was like well it's hot corned beef it's just corned beef but it's hot no oh, it's in slices and it's then a I whole different thing chunks of corned beef i think it was in new york it might have been um on one of our gigs no no it was a time i visited it was the, the famous place on Times square not cats oh canters no, that Cantor's is an No, 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 not Cantor's. Carnegie. Carnegie, yes. Carnegie Deli. And they, where they stack them up like, you know, four yes. or five inches tall. And you get a hot corned beef sandwich. Yeah. And it's so, I was, this, it was, I was shocked <laughs> at what a difference it was. Cause yeah. it's a difference. If it has, it's a very different sandwich. As the fats, it's been simmering. It's a lot juicier. Mm-hmm. Cause the, the stuff that I had growing up was very flavorful. But by the time you, you store it cold, it gets dry. Yeah. It is and also, meat. yeah. And, and, and 
yeah, you want some of that juiciness to it. Like, uh, my, I keep thinking in this about when talking about meat on a sandwich, nothing to me beats a Montreal smoked meat sandwich, which is a basically a pastrami sandwich. And all the pastrami I had growing up was Oscar Mayer thin sliced pastrami. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I tried this thing and I'm like, Oh, that's what this is supposed to taste like. Exactly. But for purposes of, uh, of this, we are the ones at home crafting this sandwich. Cold cuts is what we're using. So we're giving it some sort of, and we're doing it, we're dropping it, uh, wrinkly style so that it, uh, catches. Yes. Thin sliced, but a lot of it. Yeah. Well, each, yeah, the way I do it is like each is different. If it's thin, I think you can clump it. If it's thicker, Mm -hmm. I think you fold it in half. But either way, we, we don't want significant overhang. We don't want significant overhang and we want height. Yes. Even if there is, if there's, even if there's negative space in there, we want some height. Yeah. All right. It'll compress. Now, do we go cheese next or toppings next? Do we want the cheese next to the bread or do we want the cheese next to the meat? I would do the cheese next to the meat. Agreed. So next we go, I say two slices. I'm a two slices guy. We're making a pretty big sandwich. We're going to put some toppings on it. Okay. That's fine with me. I think we're talking about, we're getting into the nitty gritty, but we're giving the general spread on bread. Spread on bread. Cheese. Meat and meat in whatever the tallest way you can make the meat tall. Tall meat. Cheese next. One or two slices. I we say call two. It filling too, because you can get a meatless sure. meat. You can get whatever it is. When we say meat, yeah. it's in quotes. Your protein, your your primary protein. Protein, there you go. Then on top of that, you go tomato directly above the cheese. Yes. That's correct. Is that not slick surface to slick surface? Um, so you got to put something on the other side what that's else? going oh, to yeah. hold it in place. Sandpaper, <laughs> then a series of suction cups, then tomato. No, I think you're okay. All right. I don't think it's going to, it's not ice. That's true. It is slick, but you're also not holding it. I mean, do you hold a sandwich like one hand on top of the other and then slide it back and forth and vibrate as you, yeah, you hold I mean, it look, man, you're holding it in. if I don't have it wrapped in foil or a bag or a paper towel, there's a darn good chance that the second I take a bite of a sandwich that's got multiple slices of cheese, mayo and the tomato slices and lots of slick flat surfaces, that something is going to go shooting out the back of that sandwich. That's true. We you want know, to avoid that. We don't want that. But I think that works as long as we've got something with a little bit of texture as the next layer. Now let's talk more toppings. What else are we putting on this sandwich? Is it just lettuce, tomato? If I were going to put anything else on a sandwich, it would probably be pickles and that's it. Yeah, I'm, not an, I'm with I'm you. not an olives, not onions. I don't like red onions. I don't like tiny stuff. Yeah. I don't like tiny stuff that can fall off. Olives are tiny and can fall off. Yeah. I do like pickles on it. Yeah. I do you like, like uh, the sandwich? St- are we talking sandwich stacker pickles? Like the ones that are the big flat one. Yeah, that's what I prefer. Yeah. I think we go sandwich stackers. Yeah. On top of the tomatoes. We're doing one slice of tomato, right? One wide slice. So okay. Slice let me ask you a couple of super thin slices I or one, one decent size slice. Cause once you start making a roof line. Yeah. Then stuff's going to fall. Yeah. If you get that hump in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want a sandwich that's got like a bulge in the middle because you've stacked multiple things up like a deck of cards that have been shuffled but not shoved back together again. Correct. Yeah. All right. I'm with you on that. I bet you could find a really good heirloom tomato that was exactly the right shape for whatever bread you had. Yeah. And also, that's what a mandolin slicer is for. Yeah, that's true. I do like my mandolin. If you thinly slice tomato, then you can stack them that way because they're going to have more give. 
if it's like that hunk of tomato that was put in my sandwich <laughs> at that restaurant, I'm not going to name. Mm-hmm. You couldn't put another one on top. It would look no. like Moses had rested the two tablets from Mount Sinai for a second <laughs> on someone's sandwich. The image that you've put in my head of that is, you know, that little stacking thing where they give a toddler like, here's a stick and put these rings over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thicker than it's that. Not- <laughs> Thicker than the, than the biggest ring at the bottom. That's how thick it was. It was offensive. It was, I looked at it. I was like, what do you take me for? That I'm going to even, and I got the stripped down version of the sandwich. You know me. Mm-hmm. I'm a basic gentleman. Sure. I, I know. I've it. seen you eat. It's mostly like, tan. It's mostly tan. Well, I said, give me the eggs, give uh-huh. me the bacon and give me the tomato. That's all I want. Yeah. Bacon, egg and tomato. Give me a, give me a bet sandwich. Classic. And, and it came and it was an offensive amount of tomato. And had the other ingredients been involved. Do you think and, that they oh, were, there was cheese too, cheese in it too. Do you think they were overcompensating? Like there was a bunch of stuff normally on that sandwich and you were like, I don't want most of this stuff. I just want these things. And they're like, all right, well, we have to still make this thing a substantial sandwich. We're going to have to overcompensate somewhere else. They're like, well, don't do it with the eggs. Those are expensive. All right. What's the cheapest of the things on here? The tomato. Great. Give him that two inch. Well, it's not quite two inches, but it's bigger than one inch slab of tomato. It was so thick that I couldn't wrap my head around the line of thinking. That would make a sane human being <laughs> say to themselves, this is okay to serve to a customer. <laughs> that like order up. You never worked in food no service, way. brother. I you mean, ever have, cause you have those days when you're working in food service where <laughs> something shows up in the window and you're like, ah, fine. I just hope they don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and I, did I, I didn't complain. You know what I did? So I took it out and I ate it on its own. Yeah. With a knife and fork, put a little salt and pepper on it. A little salt and pepper on top of tomato. Happy to eat it. Delicious. But in the sandwich, it was, <laughs> it was offensive. I'm sorry you were offended, offended by this sandwich. You know what is of all the problems that a person could have? Yeah. It's got to be top three. All right. Speaking of topping things. Yes. Let's now add, because it seems like we've reached the pickle point. And once you reach the pickle point, there's only one more place to go and that's to lettuce land. Let's so now we are in lettuce land. What? is the correct lettuce for our sandwich. I think it's an iceberg because it has the best hold. And it oh, also, it doesn't huh. have, like, I wouldn't put an arugula on a sandwich. or No, 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 too it. tiny. What about too like tiny. a, but you, a iceberg so, iceberg so, uh, there's, there's no substance to it. You know what I mean? It's what, barely even green. What do you want it to, what do you, what do you I want? I want that curly leaf. I want that big leaf curly lettuce. I want my sandwich to look like the sandwich that set dressing put together. Do you know the name of the lettuce that you want? Cur- yeah, curly leaf. That's not what it's called. What's it called? It's called sandwich lettuce. Do you mean butter lettuce where it's like green with some purple in it? <sighs> Hold on. Now I got to look this up. Radicchio, which sounds like a Harry Potter spell. What's the curly lettuce called? Coral lettuce. Interesting. It's also Coral just called, lettuce. or it's just called green leaf lettuce. Is the one with the little bit of purple on it, that is, that's butter lettuce. I think I would do a butter lettuce. I like a butter lettuce. It's got more flavor Coral to it. Coral lettuce is fine. I mean, it's curly, but I just. I want a curly one because like I want. It feels like it's going to just, it's like too much in the sandwich. Now, you, you don't have to put too much. I don't much. want it taking over my sandwich. I don't it's want, not going to take over you. How? I promise. Just eat it. Just try. Have it. You heard about the tomato slice I had? That yes, I, I could very easily take over. It looks like a chia pet. 
you're not using a wad of frisé. You're just putting like one piece of uh it looks like coral. That's why it's called coral lettuce, I bet. All right, no, we're not talking Nobody about correct the, me. We're not talking about the coral lettuce. We're talking about green leaf lettuce. Green leaf lettuce. Fine. Look up green leaf lettuce. All right, I'm looking it up right now. This is the best part of the podcast. When Hal looks things up and I assume he can't hear me when green I say leaf lettuce. Oh Hal, no. This is this is no. What do you mean no? I don't want this. Why don't <laughs> I don't want this lettuce. <laughs> Why? What makes boring. that lettuce? It's what? It's boring. It's w- infinitely more interesting than iceberg. Maybe not as interesting as butter. So I will say if we're making a sandwich, butter lettuce, I will go with you on that road. I will take the butter lettuce road with you and okay. say that that I'm 100% down. Yeah. I like a, a rainbow leaf is also nice too, or, or red leaf rather. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was looking at rainbow chard. No, a red leaf is also nice too. It gives you a little color. It has a decent sort of flavor to it. Yeah. Butter lettuce has the nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, also known as bib lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the curly cuteness to it. It's got sort of that unctuousness that it's, that's nice too. You know what I mean? Yes. Maybe that's why they call it butter lettuce. That's right. Yeah. All right. I'm on that team. As long as it's not iceberg. I don't hate iceberg. Iceberg has its place. It's nice. It's cool. It's crisp, but it's kind of boring for this, I think. Okay. We're creating the, if we're crafting the best tall sandwich. Is All this right. The whole sandwich? This, I think this is the whole sandwich. If the, and the top bread has the exact same bread, spread combo as the bottom bread. Uh-huh. All right. One final question then for this episode, Hal. Toothpick. Okay. Two final questions for this episode, yeah. Hal. How do you cut it? Diagonal or in half down the middle? I have to cut it. Yeah. You have to cut it. I do. I cut it with my teeth when I eat it. No, no, you monster. Cut it. You gotta cut it. For what? Because it's a sandwich. You want it to look, we're creating the perfect, beautiful sandwich. It's gonna hold. I'm gonna eat it now. I've you gotta be, it. but you want, if we're creating the perfect sandwich, we want to cut it in half so we can open it up uh, and look at our handiwork. For heaven's sake. If it's a square piece of bread, you cut it diagonally. That's the only answer. Yeah. You want those corners. Yeah. I know what you want here. You want it to look. You're all about the presentation. I'm There's all no about that. You eat with your eyes, man. You eat with your eyes. And if if it's a rye bread where it's rounded, you cut it at, from the top down in half. Oh, you go straight. Oh, that's true because that's a big oval. It's a rounded, so then you get two sort of semicircles. Out of you it. don't have you. What do you think of the places that do it where it's instead of two semicircles, they do it just kind of at a weird diagonal? Have you seen? I've seen that yeah. before in places where they're like, yeah. "Hey, we still got to cut it diagonal, but uh, it's the round rye bread, so." This is as good as we can do. To me, that's better than when they like cut it at a severe angle. Yeah. They're like, look. Then you have it look like two teardrops. Yeah. yeah. I don't need that in my yeah. life. I don't need it. I don't need it. Like, I mean, if I've made a good sandwich, I have, and it's, I don't cut my sandwiches in general is the answer. But if I were to cut it, I would cut it diagonally because then you get to start in the corner. Yeah. The corner is nice. Yeah. Do you do the green olive with the pimento in it on the toothpick on the top so it looks like a straight up Dagwood sandwich? No, if I, I would throw that olive in the garbage immediately on site. Uh, how have we done so many episodes about food when there's so many foods that you hate? Because there are so few foods that I love and I love them deeply. That's true. And that yeah, we didn't do true. best olive. We did do best cake. I mean, I don't, we didn't really eat a lot of meals together before I met Jennifer, but she really did increase the number of things that I ate. I was more willing to try stuff with her, things that I've enjoyed more. And I'm a little bit more adventurous, but I also know what I like. Mm -hmm. And so I like that. I'm going to get it. 
I don't, I'm not feeling adventurous. What's your favorite thing that she's introduced you to that you had not had before you met her? Oh, food wise. Okay. I'll ask. This is a double. This is just a, this is a little side thing. Yeah. This is a double food wise and non food wise. Favorite thing she's introduced me to non food wise. Yeah. Ooh. Downton Abbey. Food. Awesome. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. I'm going to go ask because I want to okay. answer this. Hold on. Okay. Okay. A couple things. One is collard greens. Never thought I would eat those. Ooh, I like collard greens a lot. Did you have them first on New Year's Day? No, no, I had them at just a family gathering, but gotcha. then I learned about that. Yeah. So I've, I've attempted to make them before. It's, it's really tough because I didn't, I didn't do it right in how I made it, but you got to cook I, collard greens. Yeah. And you need to cook them and actually hard. put like pork or whatever you're flavoring them in, in mm. there for a nice long time. And I didn't do that. I got kind of, uh, impatient about it. Another thing is pecan pie. Ooh. So she's introduced you to some Southern classics. Yeah. And chicken and dumplings is something I'd never had before that I might not have quite known what it was, but it's amazing. And blueberries. I actually didn't eat a lot of blueberries before, but I will eat them in things a lot more now huh. than I ever would before. Right on. So there you go. I like that. None of those are going on my sandwich. No. Have we finished our sandwich, Hal? Do we have the completed sandwich? I think we do. Let's see if we can put it together starting at the bottom. People of the world, here is how you construct a perfect sandwich. Go ahead, Mark. Toasted sliced bread. And then spread any of your spreads on both slices of bread. Thinly thin. Yeah. Let's go from the bottom. Yes. From the bottom. (laughs) Take it from the top on the bottom. People of the world. Here is how you construct the perfect sandwich by Mark Gagliardi and Hal Loveland. Step one. Bottom slice of bread toasted with whatever spread you want spread thinly on it. Number two. Meat. If it's thin sliced, laid in uh, little uh, wrinkly knobs. If it's not rolled or folded in half or something, whatever will make it tall. Number three. What's number three? Cheese. Cheese, right. Number three, your cheese. If it's a thin slice, two slices. Enough cheese that you will notice it in the sandwich, even if there are other toppings. Correct. But not so much that it overpowers all the other flavors. Correct. And you have to see what cheese you have. That'll dictate how much to put in there. That's true. Number four, how? Number four is tomatoes. Ideally, one slice of a decent size, not so thick like that one restaurant I went to, where it was the wheel that you spin on Price is Right when you're trying to go to the Showcase Showdown. That's how thick it was. It was like somebody took that wheel that I've wanted to spin since I was a child and put it on a sandwich where I could neither spin it nor eat it without hurting my jaw. Number five. Number five is pickles. Specifically... Sandwich stacker pickles. If you don't know what sandwich stackers are, they're going lengthwise down the pickle. So you're getting the big, thick slices as opposed to little thin ring slices. That's right. Number six. Lettuce. The, 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 what was it? The purple? I don't even remember what kind of butter lettuce, also known as bib lettuce. For goodness sake. The best lettuce for a sandwich. Correct. And finally, topping it all off, number seven. That second slice of bread, also with whatever condiment you are spreading, thinly spread on it, toasted on the top, sliced in half, diagonally, frilly toothpicks on either side. (laughs) Served on a bed of potato chips? On a bed of potato? Served with potato chips. Served with potato chips. On a bed of? I don't know. I sleep on a bed of potato chips. (laughs) You do? I do. It's delightful. A little greasy. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but that's okay. That helps you slip slide around and get into the perfect spot. Exactly. Hal, have we done it? We've done it. That's the perfect sandwich. That's how you put it together. And that's what happens when Mark Gagliardi finally goes on the Facebook page unprompted. Yeah. By anybody <laughs> to go looking for topics. So we, if you put stuff there, you may think it's going to take forever to sometimes to it does. Answered. And it does. We have, we are watching. And this is, I was just, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean say? to, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? When you go said, when you said that sometimes it takes a long time, my first thought was, yeah, one of them that I saw today was best orphan black clone. <laughs> <laughs> and when was the last time that show was on the air? It's been a long time. <laughs> best new episode of Arrested Development on Fox. <laughs> Uh, best episode of The Simpsons from these its first nine seasons. <laughs> uh, best dance to do for the Harlem Shake. <laughs> anyway. All right. Ken's telling us to wrap it up. We're wrapping wow. it up. If you're wondering why these episodes are shorter, it's because Ken tells us, he's like, stop talking. Yeah. Gosh. And then we stop. Well, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter or you can email us. We got this podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash. We got this podcast where you can discuss how you build your perfect sandwich and see how it compares to the now definitive correct answer. And yes, for those of you wondering, because you don't want that hanging chat of a story. I did order a Cuban sandwich. It will be delivered in about 45 minutes. You jerk. When you went out there and said you were talking to Jen, were you ordering a Cuban sandwich? No, I came back in here and did it. (laughs) While I was talking? Yeah. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who has his own wonderful podcast called A Bit of a Chat with Ken Plume, where you can hear great conversations and interviews with people whose work you adore and maybe even discover some new people whose work you will adore you can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts thank you also to researcher kate mcmanus graphic designer uri kelman and qa engineer jen alba and thanks of course to jonathan dinerstein and mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively and thanks to you the people of the world you know i think the perfect way to stack this up is the joy that you bring us for doing this podcast the chance that everybody gets to talk to one another and argue about the topics in the fun, delightful, and joyful space that is our Facebook page and the opportunity that you give Hal and I to talk about silly, fun things that we love. That stack right there is the perfect We Got This Sandwich, and I want to take a great big bite of it every week. Thank you for joining us for that meal every week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Cagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland, and don't worry, everybody. We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.